the way we consume and share news to date is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why we decided it's important to look at what's being discussed online. From the hottest issues to trends, come on, what's coming out of can, namely, <laughs> for our daily social media. And we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yes, it's another Monday, another week. It's going to be rainy this morning. It's it's drizzling. It's spitting. Uh, no, just Sorry. pour down and, and get it over with. <laughs> Isn't it so much better? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess the temperatures are milder. There are some positive takeaways. Yeah. I mean, we're getting all these advisories like heat and what else was there? Dry weather advisories. Yeah. This makes it a little bit better, guys. Have you started using your um, AC yes. air conditioner yet? Yes. Yeah, me too. You know, we have an entire environment segment on Tuesday and I almost feel guilty saying that. Yeah. Yes, I've already begun using my AC. It's quite warm during the day here in yes. Seoul. And if you have like windows facing a certain direction, it's it's hard. And my defense will always be, I have a dog wearing a fur coat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Could that be an excuse? And I have a cat wearing a fur coat. <laughs> there you go. It's like, poor thing. I know, right? How yeah. do you explain to them all oh, the summers early this I year? <laughs> right, let's jump into something I think will be an exciting blockbuster or set of blockbusters to look forward to this summer blockbuster season. Song Gang-ho making history at this year's Cannes Film Festival, winning Best Actor, Park Chan-wook, Winning Best Director. I mean, honestly, we keep saying history is made. That's what the headlines are saying. Yeah. But really, the chances of two major acts winning some of the biggest awards I can, it just doesn't happen. It's two of the biggest <laughs> names in Korean cinema. I agree. And that in itself, it's yeah. just so exciting. I was so excited to see the news. It was Saturday morning. I opened my eyes. The first thing I do, you know, I, I you scroll through the phone. news, yeah. don't you? All the news. Uh, and I was like, oh! <laughs> so exciting. It's a responsible adult thing to yeah. do, but I also feel like this is your job. That's right. So on Saturday, local time, the 75th Cannes Film Festival announced the winners of this year's awards. Uh, Song Kang-ho won Best Actor for his starring role in the film Broker, uh, making him the first Korean male ever to win an acting award at the film festival. Uh, if you remember, Chun Do-yeon was the first Korean a female mm. actor to win an acting prize back in 2007 when she won Best Actress for her performance mm. in Secret Sunshine, which incidentally also <laughs> starred Song Kang-ho. There are a lot of parallels here, yeah. and it's been Chun Do-yeon, Queen of Cannes, for years. Now it will be Song Kang-ho, King of Cannes, and, <laughs> That's and right. the rest is history. And it's so interesting because Song Kang-ho and Park Chan-wook are so friendly. Yep. They've, I think, most famously collaborated in a Pakji and what's the other one? JSA, yes, Joint that's Security right. Area. And it seemed to be a big moment for the friends. <laughs> that's right. You know, um, so back in 2019, already three years ago, Song Gang-ho oh. was uh, one of the stars of Parasite, yes. which became the first Korean film ever to win the prestigious Palme d'Or, which is uh, Cannes Film Festival's top prize. Right. And last year, he made history by becoming the first Korean male actor to serve on the jury at the 74th Cannes Film Festival. Right. So it's definitely not any of these members' first visit to Cannes, but uh -uh. it's a historic win because they won side by side. Yep. I think any of us were really excited to see the news. Um, it was the biggest coverage over the weekend. Yep. Uh, and we all knew it was a matter of time. I think so. I mean, he was a strong contender to win the Best Actor Award back in 2019 for his performance right. in Parasite. But uh, he didn't win 
but he did this time. The best part about this whole thing is that he wasn't alone in celebrating <laughs> that evening. Park Chan-wook won Best Director for his film Decision to Leave, making him the second Korean director in Cannes history to win the prize. I know you guys are thinking, was it Bong Joon-ho to be the first? No, it was actually a little bit further than yeah. that. The first Korean to win Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival was Im Gwan-tek, who took right. home the award exactly 20 years ago for his film Chu Ha-san. That's right. So this year marks uh, Park Chan-wook's first time winning the Best Director Award, but he has actually won two awards previously mm. at the Cannes Film Festival. One was for his movie Old Boy, which won the Grand Prix at uh, the festival in 2003, and his movie Thirst Pak won, yeah. that's right, mm. well, which won the jury prize back in 2009. Mm, and I we remember. talked about the, the film Decision to Leave just a few days ago. Oh yes, we yeah. did. Um, there's a lot of buzz around Decision to Leave, but I guess Thirst really does take me back because I think because Hong Kong was also present I remember Park Chan-wook on stage, yep. you know, giving a shout out to Song Kang-ho saying I was so glad to be here with my friend. Yes. And now Song Kang-ho can say the same. I know. It's kind of amazing. And it's, it seems like the actor and the director used this moment to say it was, it's been a tough few years for, I guess, for cinema. cinema. Absolutely. And I guess from afar, we knew this, we talked yep. about it, but I don't know what it's like to be part of that industry and not see a movie be made or be screened or... Or to see people not go to the movie theaters. Right. I returned over the weekend for the first time in a long while yeah. and I was just so excited for just a popcorn. Yeah, he, you know, Pak Chan-wook said something really important. He said COVID-19, the pandemic, simply reminded us just how precious mm. the cinema is mm. for so many people all around the world. And he, I think he specifically said, you know, films made for movie theaters. It's using the platform to get his agenda yeah. done. And I think everyone there agreed because I saw a few teary-eyed in the audience. Yes. Congratulations to Song yes, and Pak Chan-wook. <laughs> we'll be talking about it all week. <laughs> Let's move on to our second film-related buzzword. Now, this is buzzy for all the wrong reasons, in my humble opinion. Winnie the Pooh characters featured in horror film as they enter public domain. So now they're open to be used in the public yep. domain because it's been years since, well, the Winnie the Pooh That's right. was first licensed. Yeah. But now using a beloved bear who loves honey and who's kind of a peacemaker and to use them in crime thriller flicks. I don't know about this. <laughs> It, it kind it's of, a little bit disturbing to me, personally. See, it's disturbing, which is why it's causing a conversation whether or not this is an appropriate yeah. choice. <laughs> exactly. So to provide you with a, a little bit more context, our, our favorite honey bear, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, has been turned into a murderous villain in this new slasher film mm -hmm. after the character entered the public domain on January 1st this year. Mm -hmm. And A. Milne's character, who has become a cartoon icon, saw its copyright and protected status run out in 2022, which means now anyone can take his image mm -hmm. and place him in some, I don't know, wonderful and in certain cases like this one, weird situations. I, I do wonder, because Winnie the Pooh has a number of iconic characters. Yes, like that's right. Tigger, for example. Exactly. Tigger's copyright will not expire until 2024, actually. This is so There's a little bit more time. <laughs> yes. However, Christopher Robin, Owl, Eeyore, uh, Rabbit, Kanga, and Roo, uh, their copyrights also expired, and they're now in the public domain as well. Okay, so Winnie the Pooh is going on a murderous rampage in this slasher film, and as you can imagine, people are concerned. Yeah. Well, because it's a 
beloved children's characters. It was designed for that. But one might argue, is it also part of some artist's creative freedom to express something a, yeah. a little bit torturous? So this new horror film, without giving too much away, uh, <laughs> it's titled Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, sees Pooh and his best friend Piglet go on a rampage mm-hmm. after Christopher Robin abandons them. He hasn't given them food. And it's made Pooh's and Piglet's lives very difficult because they've had to fend for themselves. They've essentially become feral. So, so they've corrupt- gone back to being animals. Oh, no. Yeah. So we're corrupting Pooh and Piglet oh, no. and breaking them. This is yeah. hard for me to take Exactly. In. Well, the, the film has been made by a Jagged Edge Productions, which is a UK-based indie film okay. studio. And the studio has been sharing the film teaser on social media, including Instagram in the past few days. Mm. And, uh, you know, the response to the stills yeah. and the teasers have been absolutely crazy. Okay. And because of all the press, the studio is apparently going to start expediting the edit and getting through its post production as fast as they can. Okay, so this is kind of a tricky question, but what could this all mean for Disney? Good question. Disney acquired the rights to Winnie the Pooh and their characters back in 1961, and the characters are among some of the most lucrative (laughs) in Disney's catalog, along with a Mickey Mouse in terms of revenue. Now that Winnie the Pooh has entered public domain, uh, Disney won't be able to sue anyone that uses Milne's original Winnie the Pooh stories as inspiration. They can, however, go after anyone that tries to use Disney's version of Winnie the Pooh and the trademarked characters it created based on Milne's stories. So the House of Mouse also maintains the rights to Milne's books and characters created after 1926, (sighs) including Tigger, who first appeared in 1928. You mentioned that on January 1st, uh, yes. well, I guess it's a regular thing, right? Certain yes. copyrighted works enter the public domain, and that's a game changer for the creative world. That's right. Again, that means that anyone can use such works as raw material mm. for their own creations. Mm. Uh, famous examples of works in the public domain, which have been remade and retold on countless occasions, include works by William Shakespeare, for example, <laughs> and Jane Austen. Mm. That's why we witnessed a zombie version of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, other examples include uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, the 1999 rom-com, and, uh, which starred late Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. The story was basically a retelling of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. And there are so many other examples like this. Right, right. Where you see a new adaptation or, or a complete reinterpretation yeah. of an older thing. And I mean, it's free game, I suppose, for the creative field. But it's only tricky because Winnie the Pooh is, like we said, largely considered... Yeah. A children's story. That's right. Did you know that uh, Disney's The Lion King is a reimagining of Hamlet? No. Yeah. There you go. I'm trying to find the comparisons. <laughs> I don't remember Hamlet to save my life. <laughs> Does anyone remember the Hamlet? <laughs> oh, last year. Yeah. Fitzgerald's Great Gatsby also became That's right. up for grabs. Yes. I just assumed that when Baz Luhrmann made it, that mm. it was just free fall. No, for no. Okay. Not at the time. Not at the time. Yep. Baz Luhrmann was just a big, important ticket. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> right, on to our final start before we let you go. Koreans returning to Norebang amid lifted restrictions. Yes. According to Kawan chart on the 29th, Norebang usage 400 last <laughs> month increased uh, by 38.3% year to 
year on year. So uh, 노래방 usage 400 is the sum of the number of songs sung at uh, TJ Media 노래방, which is a leading domestic company in the industry, ranking from number one to number 400. The chart does not disclose specific figures, mm. but it can gauge how well the 노래방 market is doing. I'm just I'm just laughing at the fact that they have this karaoke yes. usage 400. <laughs> I, I know Kaon chart, and it's a pretty credible chart locally, yes. but this I had no idea. I have a list of the most popular songs Ooh. sung at the 노래방 last month. At number one was uh, Kim Min Sok's mm. uh, from uh, Milo Wangsu, yeah. Drunk Confession. I think that's from a TV drama. Yeah. Mm. Im Young-ung's uh, Love Always Escapes. <laughs> 사랑은 늘 도망가 was at number two. Trot is hot. Yes, exactly. Top Hyun's <laughs> 호랑 수월가 uh, ranked third as well. But there are some old school tracks that are still part of oh, this my goodness. karaoke usage for Going back more than 20 years, actually. <laughs> Im Chang-jung's Soju Hanjan, <laughs> A Shot of Soju, came out in 2003, ranked fourth. <laughs> so Chan-hui's <laughs> Tears, song from 2000, ranked 20th. And uh, Kim Hyun-sung's uh, Heaven, uh, released in 2002, ranked 26th it's on this so list. It's so funny because these old school tracks that you can, you just mentioned yeah. as part of this top songs that we're still singing at 2022. Yep. I feel like these are the songs that good singers go to to kind of show up their chops. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, at the, look at how I can reach the high notes. Right. So Chani Tears, irreplaceable in that sense. So Chani, ah, she's such a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Erica, for our fun set of updates. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.